College baseball fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, live on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube now. So this is going to be a fun episode. We got all three of the boys here. Jack's going to tell us about his past weekend up in uh, Conway, South Carolina, where he got to broadcast the, let's see, how many games? Three games total? Yeah. Three games total. Uh, We're also going to recap the midweek, and this midweek was electric. A lot of mid-major upsets over Power 5 teams. Uh, We will also talk about all the tournaments being played this weekend, and we'll go over the six uh, series that we have for our weekend series Pick'em and Survivor Contest. So great episode. A lot of just yapping it up with the boys. Um, Before we get started, i got to show everybody this. So if you're on YouTube right now, I was messing around with my almost two-year-old son. And I'm going to mute my mic just real fast so I can take this off. Hold on one second. All right. So I'm messing around with him. And I'm putting the microphone in his face. I look away for two seconds. And he takes a bite <laughs> out of the foam of my microphone. Do you guys see this? Like just oh, like an apple. Freaking hilarious. So did he, did he say how it tasted? Dude, he chomped that thing down. Dude, he chomped it so hard. Hold on. I'm going to mute my mic so I can put this back on. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I guess he's just not into broadcasting. Or he loves it so much, he's like, I eat this up. I eat this up. Here, I, uh, secret of the industry, sometimes when you sound a little muffled on the audio, broad, you know, broadcasters will tell you, you got to learn how to eat the mic. And, and little man, little Upton is ready to rumble. He's already learned the lingo. He's ahead of the game there. So I wanted to bring that up. It might look funny on YouTube, but uh, I'll keep it forever. It just, this is what I do it for, man. It's what I do it for. I do it for my son. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jack, tell us about your weekend, man. Uh, you had no games scheduled, and you end up broadcasting three. So three of the best games, too. Yeah. They were, they yeah. were fun. Go ahead. They were, I was going to say the college game day for college baseball, Flop Scott on the ground in, in Conway, South Carolina, which I have learned is one of the cooler, uh, I, I think, from a experiences in the country. Uh, my, my main man is band of lunatics. A lot of former national field. So, from an experience standpoint, go ahead. Yeah, your mic is cutting out. No, no, your mic's cutting out. Hold on. Yeah, we're gonna get this fixed right here live on the air. Hold on. Try unplugging it and plugging it back in. That's I literally. Nope. Literally no. Nothing. Really. Yep. Hey, guess what? We're going to make adjustments on the fly, just like we're in the batter's box. I want you to leave real quick and come right back. While you leave, I'm going to show everybody about home field apparel, okay? So we're going to just just take yourself out of the lineup real quick, Jack. <laughs> take yourself out. There he goes. All right, so while Jack is gone, uh, and this oh is just kind of the operation that we're running, um, we are sponsored by Home Field Apparel. If you guys listened to last Partner. week's episode, what? We're partnered with Homefield. What did I say? We're sponsored. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Not sponsored. Partners. Official partners of Homefield Apparel. We could not be happier. This was one of the uh, one of the one of the companies we really wanted to part- partner with this year just because we love their product. So the team of the week right now is Austin P. If uh, you guys haven't seen, they just won two games at the dude against Mississippi State. And we'll break down those games here in just a second. But Look at these fire shirts, sweaters. Look you at that crew G with the govs. 
This one's my personal favorite right here. Austin P. You got the Monopoly man, it looks like. So we bring that up because since we are official partners with uh, Home Field, they're giving us a 15% off promo code that you can use at checkout uh, for all of the college baseball fans. Uh, the promo code is CWS24. So just think College World Series 24, like the year we're in, 2024. And uh, it gives you 15% 15 off. They got tons of schools, I think over 150 schools. Uh, they're based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, and they've just been killing the apparel game. All officially licensed, uh, a lot of retro logos that you won't see anywhere else. So y'all go check it out. It's just homefieldapparel.com. Uh, they're on all social media platforms as well. And they're sending each one of us a, I think it's a mystery gift box full of just random shirts that we get to wear during the podcast. Really pumped about that. I'm super pumped. I want to see what I get. I mean, I, I look at their website probably once a day and I'm like, dude, I want that. I want this. I want that. Exactly. And they're affordable too. Uh, I think with the promo code, uh, I think it brings it down under $30 a shirt. And these are like the most comfortable shirts I've ever worn. I got three. I'm not at my house right now. I'm still house sitting. But when I next episode, I'll wear uh, my UC Irvine one. It's sick. Anyways, Jack is back with us. I'm glad that you made the adjustment. Let's test this out here. Would that be similar to the yips? Is that what just happened to me on the front end of the show? Bang. You sound great. Uh, yeah, no, it's like a mound bit. Probably, probably not the yips. Um, it's a mound bit. I'd compare it. I'd compare it to like coming out of the bullpen. No, sorry. not. I would compare it to going out the first inning, starting the game on the mound, not finding the zone, going to the bullpen after the top of the first, working on some stuff now here we are in the top of the second ready to fire away savvy vet move home field rocks uh i'm excited to check out the shirts how, how do we do did i miss anything else <laughs> no you, nope you did good so tell us about your weekend um i'll give people the backstory uh you were not planning on doing any broadcasting you just wanted to go up to coastal carolina to watch that uh that conway beach tournament and you ended up in the booth and you crushed it dude you, you crushed it. You sounded great. A lot of people were commenting on the videos saying that you're like the best around. So take it away. Tell us about your weekend. Uh, far too kind. Uh, baseball at the beach was sick, man. I, the idea of going up and trying to uh, just like do what I kind of did in Omaha, which is like interview guys after games and, and get to meet coaches and continue to tell stories in a unique light was fun until um, – Sam Wiederhaft, who was the play-by-play -play guy for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, which is the Cubs single-A team, had kind of recognized the pencil. Uh, the director of all the games, this dude Alex Souza, who's a dog, um, was like, hey, man, yeah, yeah, we need some help. Come on, like, come step in. I was like, well, this got real really fast. And uh, kind of what ensued was awesome. Man, a ton of people reached out, far too kind, strangers and friends and family. Uh, but what I will tell you from a baseball perspective that I saw, uh, the George Mason Patriots will be back. Everyone needs a little adversity in their life. Exactly what happened. They got absolutely fucking pumped. Wrong. They got they got handed a, 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 a slice of humble pie. It's exactly what the boys needed. They'll be back. Dispute happened to the George Mason Patriots. Duke is fielding nine young gentlemen who could play on any Sunday and on any NFL team in the country. Their corner infielders are 6'5", 255, and they're the largest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Those guys absolutely juice baseballs. I mean, they're massive. They're really good. Uh, and 
with four All-Americans in their rotation, they're going to be pretty good. Coastal's awesome. Derek Bender's got about as much swag as humanly possible and heard the conversation. He's for the brand. He bought some shirts, folks. Go take a look at Dimitri's stuff. Derek Bender for the brand. Hits bombs. Awesome human being. Uh, and Coastal's going to probably host a regional yet again. But, Ben, you called it. You called it about a month ago. The sleeper that I think everyone kept calling a sleeper. Indiana's the real deal, guys. The Hoosiers, oh, man. Being on the broadcast for that game, dude, like they have a lit. They have Tyler Cerny, who's just now starting to play shorts up, is crazy. Crazy. And you haven't even talked about Devin Taylor, who after this week, I'm like, yo, I, I see why, like, he's like a sleeper for that Golden Spikes guy. Like, he's nuts. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was four teams that were in a regional last year. It's four teams that will be in a regional yet again this year. And, uh, man, I was I was super blessed to be up on the booth. And for anyone who tuned in, man, I'm really, really thankful for uh, the kind words. Yeah, so, dude, you did a great job. I killed watched it. every single you game. You, uh, you killed it. But I will say, I, I think your whatever you get paid, your rate should go up 10 times as much as whatever you're charging because – the Duke Blue Devils, the home team, uh, ended up – well, not the home team, sorry. But they ended up hitting 11 home runs in one game, followed by the next game leadoff homer. So Duke needs to probably pay you, what, 500 a game now to uh, – maybe 1,000 a game to be their home broadcast because they just hit when you're on the call. Zach Morris. I, Zach Morris, which, by the way, all-time name. The VMI transfer hitting leadoff for Duke hit three home runs with me on the call. <clears throat> he probably couldn't have done it without me. Also on his call last year, Joe Riley Park against the Citadel went yeah yeah. Uh, so I mean, he could oh, just well, be his personal announcer everywhere he goes. Eleven program record. I can't remember who they did it against. It really doesn't matter, and I hope they washed the opponent from the record books. Do you need me uh, to remind you or no? No, I, I okay. don't. But I do think that because I'm wearing the hat, they're going to be fine. One twenty-one to one on Tuesday. Twenty-one to one. Uh, I want that one in the record books. Uh, but dude, Duke is great. Eleven program homers, and here was the one that was really fun. There was thirteen home runs hit in that game on Saturday. Four of which were of guys whose first collegiate hits were homers, and I was like, "Well, that's it's pretty fucking memorable." <laughs> You know who? Uh, do you know who else had a home run his first collegiate at bat? The boy. Was it me going Oppo Taco in a tournament at Belmont University against Eastern Michigan? What went, was it me? You went backside, Yaya. Pinch hit eighth inning, no seventh inning. Pinch hit down five to nothing. Two run bomb. Oppo. Whack. I think 2014 I just, UT Martin Skyhawks look it up nine and 43 on the year. Uh, go, we were the third. Go. We were like 298 in the RPI. It was great. Great hey, season. Jack, has anyone ever had a traveling play by play guy like saying, I can't play tonight unless my play play by play guys here? That Dimitri, it's a. Be- I've actually asked that and I, I said that on the broadcast. I said, wherever you need me, I'll be there. I will be the world's first substitute teacher in this industry. I really did say that. You, you, you remember when after I forget who the play-by-play guy was for the New York Yankees, but after he retired, they still played his Derek Jeter. Okay. The, the what's his PA name? K. Well, yeah. No, no, cool. no. Michael K is still here. No, this no, no. was the, this was the PA. Yeah, and I don't the remember PA his name. guy yeah. number two. Derek Jeter number two. Like Wait, that's going to be between, what's the difference between PA and play-by-play in color comment? PA is in stadium. 
play by play is like on TV. Okay, okay. Public announcer in stadium, play by play TV, and then um, what's color commentator or commenter? That's the guy next to play by play. Color analyst, like an analyst. Yeah. So basically, the play by play guy, the guy with the personality, the analyst is the guy that provides the unique insight. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Do you remember Sunday Night Baseball? It used to be, yeah. um, who was it? Uh, something Miller and Joe Morgan. What's the what's the big guy's name? Yeah, so, I was thinking Matt Miller. John Miller, John, John Miller, Miller, Joe Morgan. Yeah. So the, Joe Morgan was a color guy because he played in the major leagues and like has the experience. He could kind of break down plays. Uh, Joe Miller was like the big professional broadcaster with the voice. Um, that's that's the way you can remember it. Yeah, John Miller's with the Giants now. So like when you think of like Joe Buck, like Joe Buck's like the captain of the ship, and then the guy that you're really making it about, like the guy you care about, is is Smoltz up there, who's actually telling you what's going. Exactly. There we go. Hey, yeah. a little announcing 101. Dimitri's on. No, that's now. cool. I, I mean, I've always like kind of understood, but I never really understood the dynamic of the three different positions. I guess. So look, I can even make it a little bit simpler for you. Like right now, I'm kind of play-by-play, and then you and Jack are kind of color analysts. So whenever I like toss you up a question, be like, Dimitri, talk to me about Miami losing today to UCF. Like, what are your thoughts? Come on, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it rolls. Um. You, maybe you should be the uh, the analyst because you're the one firing it off and the personality there. You can do it well, all. I always life. I always highly respect the solo guys, the Vin Scullys that just talk for four hours straight about like every play. Like they just fill in every single bit of sound. Yeah. Solo dolo. Anyway, well, um, let's let's do a little midweek recap here. After that, we will talk about the tournaments going on. We'll quickly go through. FridayStarters.com. They do have they have a great tournament hub, and then we'll do the weekend series pick them at the end. So 15 minutes in, right on pace. Let me let me toss it up to you boys. You want to talk about Austin P first, or do we want to save it and talk about UNC Greensboro upsetting Wake Forest? Start wherever you want. Pick one. So we can either start Tuesday and finish on Wednesday, or we can start today, Wednesday night, and go back to Tuesday after. Let's start Tuesday and go forward. All right, cool. Sounds good. Dude, how about the Spartans of UNCG? First of all, hosting Wake Forest, and I know they did it last year, right? So UNCG plays pretty nice ballpark. It's a good environment. They're in the SoCon. I mean, I played there twice in my college career, uh, but not really up to like what Wake Forest is used to playing at, right? Like Wake Forest is used to getting spoiled playing it. They're awesome. The couch, the, uh, the awesome ballpark that they're in, plus every other ACC program has pretty nice fields. Uh, but they travel to Greensboro, right in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. And last year, Wake Forest, I think, won like 18 to nothing. 34 to six run diff- or 34 runs scored, six runs allowed in two games combined. 20 to two and uh Oh, that's right. They won 20 to two at Greensboro last year. 18 to four. And you know what's funny? Like last year, I remember in the Patreon gambling, I remember putting last year, like, watch out for Greensboro. They could sneak up and beat Wake Forest, and they got smacked by 18. Well, yesterday, I think I put Wake Forest in with a little money line parlay. They were only, like, minus 475, so I was like, ah, oh, this is a nice little boost. Like, no way. No way Wake Forest loses. Dude, by the second inning, we were like, oh, my God. UNC Greensboro is playing to win this game. 
I knew it so fast. Their first inning ABs were atrocious. Their second inning ABs were atrocious. Greensboro had bases loaded, no outs in the bottom of the second. I think it was second or third inning. It was a second. Walked the guy in, and I said, "Dude, this is the recipe for an upset. This is the exact recipe for an upset. You mm-hmm. find yourself in a hole, and you just don't have enough time to get out of it." And that's exactly what happened last night. They didn't get in a hole; they escaped. But wait, if they had one more inning, I think they would have won the game. Well, that's okay. So the the secret recipe to upsetting a team that's much better than you is that team letting you hang around. And that's what Wake Forest did. They just let UNC Greensboro hang around. It was always like either a tie game, one run game. And when it came down to it, UNC Greensboro got the clutch hit, the two run double that, uh, that put them up four to one after a couple walks. And then Wake Forest like tried to fight back. They scored two in the top of the inning, uh, the top of the eighth, I believe. And then in the top of the ninth, they just couldn't get the job done. So that was cool. And Great I know game. midweeks don't like matter and like they, all this no, stuff. no, they do. They matter. Come on, midweeks they matter. matter. They matter. Midweeks matter. Midweeks matter. They absolutely matter. I was having this discussion with someone. I was looking it up right there. Xander Seacrest, the midweek starter for the Tennessee Volunteers, and I were talking about it. All right, so yes. Do you sometimes throw a project out on the mound to try to figure out like X's and O's and and being the mid-major guy that we all are like for us, like that's their world series, right? Mm -hmm. To go beat the number one team in the country, but they don't throw maybe the greatest weekend rotation in the history of the sport that Wake Forest does. But when you talk about the midweeks, like you have to remember that, like when I go play in Omaha, when I go play in Hoover or at a conference tournament, like I don't just get a three game set. Like I got to play four or five games. Uh, so give, come on, give me Sparty. That was big. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, you, you know what the thing is too, that people don't understand is the midweek is your fourth starter. It's your fifth starter. When you play in a regional and you don't win all three games, you, you slip on one, you need your fourth guy to get you to supers on Sunday evening or Monday night. You need that fourth guy to get you to supers, whether it's on two days, rest, you just bring back your Friday, whatever it is, your depth is shown on Tuesday night. If you can't win on Tuesday, I'm not saying your season's over, you're not going to make it and win the national championship, but it is a very strong measuring stick on how good a team is if they can handle fucking business on Tuesday. Now, for Wake Forest fans that maybe are tuning in, it's not the end of the world. LSU did lose two midweeks last year. They lost back-to-back midweeks against the Raging Cajuns and the Nickel State, which was an awesome game. Um, So... Like, it's early in the year. Obviously, you can't expect your offense to only score three runs against a mid-major. Like, that's not going to happen probably ever again. So, it's not the end of the world. But for people like us, midweeks matter. We love it. It's just, uh, it's something fun to root for. And I don't know. I I think at the end of the day, like, it definitely grew the game of college baseball. More people are interested now that the number one team loses to a no-name school out of the SOCOM. That was fun. Um, so moving on from there, let's stay in North Carolina. We get the the three-time annual matchup of, of East Carolina versus Campbell. This one was at Campbell. Again, I want to apologize to every Campbell camp Campbell Camel fighting Campbell listener. Uh, dude, we were wrong. Campbell's really good. We thought that well, Dimitri thought and convinced me uh that Campbell was gonna take a big step back this year. They weren't gonna be as great. Let me read you. Let me Dude, read you what I wrote about Campbell. Big time wins. All right. 
Let me read what I wrote about Campbell in January. I said, one of the most exciting teams to follow the last few years under Justin Harris watch. Campbell finds himself back in the top 25, but in a different light. Um, in a different light. It's going to be hard for this team to replicate their success as they enter new waters with less established talent in the cupboard joining the CAA. The Camels lost a lot on the plate, at the plate, and on the mound. They don't have their typical first-round talent on Friday night, but they do have fun pieces that can, keyword, develop. Expect them to face adversity starting week one with Santa Barbara. That didn't happen. Watch. Coming to town and slowly grow as the, uh, the season rolled on. Expect this to be a strong team in May, but February and March could see some growing pains. I didn't say they're a bad team. I expected them just to have some growing pains. Their assistant coach texted me, Jordan, or their uh, player development guy. He goes, you see what we got? And I said, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. But tell Jeff, tell Hare, I fucked up. I apologize. I'm sorry. He goes, we still got things, some things to work on, but we are a little ahead of schedule, like in terms of development, who's stepping up. So you can't just say I was wrong. I was excited. <laughs> you can say you're wrong because you made me look bad. But talking about the game, the MVP was, was Grant Nip. I mean, he caught eight innings, hit a three-run homer, and then comes in and slams the door, gets the save. Uh, that That's a good piece to have. That's a good piece to have on your team. First career appearance on the mound. He was at up to 98 in the fall. Yeah, he's got a good story. Jack, do you know his story? Uh, vaguely. Like, they, only from what I saw the last 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like three days before scout day, he was like, throw a bullpen and, and kind of feel it out. Like he he had some experience on the mound and like came in as a pitcher and uh, was coming off of like an injury. And he said he threw like 93, 94 off the mound a few days before scout day this fall. And then on scout day, he, he hops up on the mound and gets up to 98. Must be nice, man. Like he's in the top 0.001% of the world at throwing objects. And he does it without much training at all. It, it's ridiculous. Freak I'm athlete. so over. I'm so over people think making 98 look easy now. It is so damn hard. I've done it for so many years trying to throw as hard as I can. I've thrown one pitch at 96, and that's it. Everything else, 94 and below. It is so hard to throw 98, and I don't understand how these kids are doing it. I don't understand how so many of these Dude, people back are Back when we so played, so, like, back when – you and I played Dimitri. Uh, I pl you played what from 2012 through 15? Uh, yeah, 12 through 15. And I was 14 through 17. Dude, when a guy would come on the mound throwing low 90s, like 92, 93, it was like, hey, everybody choke up a little bit. Like, everybody choke up a little bit. He's got a heavy fastball. Uh, for example, my freshman year, I faced Walker Bueller, who ended up maybe winning a Cy Young for the Dodgers. I don't know. But he was a midweek guy for Vanderbilt his freshman year. He was 94, 95, and I barely saw the pitch. Like, I, I, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, out of the hand, it just, and you can hear it. Dude, now that's like normal. Like, five or six, like five or six guys per team throw 95. It, it's crazy how much the velocity has developed over the last seven but it, years. It happens. These kids are like different. Like they really are different. It's it's. I don't know. I remember. I think it was Jay Johnson and Omar last year talked about like the game's growing because the game is getting better and like technology and facilities and the way that these kids work out at 14, 15, 16 is how 
they were working them out at 20, 21, 22 in these colleges. So, but if you remember, like, and I know that Wake's getting a ton of love with this pitching lab, and rightfully so, right? Campbell's been doing like Campbell has been doing this for mm-hmm. a long time. I can stay firsthand that Campbell was my aha moment. It wasn't necessarily Walker Bueller, but I remember being a sophomore and getting that bat against Campbell in an 11 nothing game going. Everyone goes to college, want to play pro baseball. I saw 97 for the first time. And I go, oh, they're playing a different sport than I am. <laughs> Without playing a different sport than I am, you could have given me a wiffle ball bat and I would have been as successful as I was. So they're different. But Campbell, and I'm pretty close with one of their assistants, Adam Wise, and like they they go, this is just kind of like we, we know how to find it in every dude's back pocket, like this ability to go reach back. So, you know, kind of what the secret sauce is in Winston-Salem, Dunn, North Carolina, they've been doing the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a new standard now. Like every team has it now and it's good. It's good for the sport. And these guys are going to start seeing jump to the major leagues much faster than normal. We kind of touched on it last episode with Paul Skeens and then ultimately Chase Burns. Um, But anyways, like every team, for example, like tonight, Austin P throws their their closer against Mississippi State. He's this long haired. He kind of looked like the pirate off a dodgeball long blonde hair he's wearing two different color cleats right like a black and a white and he's just 94 95 with a slider and you're like dude he plays in the ovc like that i never saw 90 miles an hour when i played in the ovc my freshman year nobody had 90 he's 94 95 boom 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 yeah usually friday night guy would be 88 93 or 91 92 one guy you might have one guy 92 94 maybe popping a 95, but most guys were 86 to 91, 92 outside of your, I don't know, I guess your power five conferences. Dude, when I graduated high school in 2013, if there was a high schooler in the Houston area throwing 90 or higher, he got drafted. Like maybe he got drafted in the 30th round, but those pro guys would just take a chance on a high schooler throwing 90. It's just crazy how much times have changed. I know. I don't want to digress us, but this was a conversation I had with someone not too long ago. Can you imagine, like Dimitri mm-hmm. said, you touched a five, it touched a six. Can, like if if I took Dimitri and I dropped him in 1940s professional baseball, how you would have just been a god? Like you would have you would have yeah. you would have fucking petrified these people. You'd have been a witch. You would have had I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> like. I remember Jared Carabas tweeted. Hold on, I remember Jared Carabas tweeted something, and was like Babe Ruth would shiver at the plate if he saw. I forget what the clip was. It was I think it was Bruce Dark Gratterall. His like 102 mile an hour sinkers that he threw. Yeah, and yeah, he was like Babe Ruth would would um, shiver or whatever, tremble at the at the bottom. Like, dude, probably would, without question. But Um, hey. Dayton Flyers, baby. Dude, Dayton. Uh, we I think we all three picked them to win the A10, maybe. No, I know Dimitri and I did. Yep. Uh, Jack picked his boys. But anyways, yeah, dude, Dayton looks good. By the way, Dayton has yet to break out their cool uniforms, which when they do, it's gonna go viral. Uh the the fly baseball, is that what they call it? It's like a fly the fly boys. The fly boys. Yeah. Is that what it is? Fly boys. Okay. Fly boys wouldn't beat the Vandy boys. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, great color combos, the red with the baby blue. That was nice. Uh, Vanderbilt, they've struggled to open the year. Uh, they they lose a game to FAU in the weekend and probably should have lost two. But, you know, they come out, look like crap on Tuesday. They ended up winning today, but they almost blew like a five-run lead today. 
to Eastern Kentucky. But credit to Dayton, man. Like these wins mean something to these programs. And anytime you can go to Nashville and win on Vandy's turf, like that's something to be proud of. Now it's credit to Vanderbilt for what they've done over the last decade and a half. You know, they they're in position where teams feel like they just won the World Series when they beat you on a Tuesday in February. But you know, it works both ways. So credit to to Dayton, uh, shock and Vanderbilt. But are we? Can we talk about this? Like, is Vanderbilt? I don't want to use the F word. I don't want to say frauds. But are we concerned about Vanderbilt this year? Not at all. I think they'll be it's just their bullpen, dude. I went I went back and looked at their box scores, the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. They're giving up crooked numbers left and right. So that Vanderbilt bullpen needs to figure it out real quick before SEC play. I think Vanderbilt will be just fine. I think most of these teams, it's fun to overreact. But, like, if you look at Mississippi State, of course, they're struggling too. If you look at Ole Miss, they're struggling. But, like, when you get to May, most of these teams – either they're going to be good or they're going to be terrible. I, I don't think Vandy is going to be a team that's just going to miss Hoover or miss the regional. I think they're going to end up hosting. They're going to end up being just fine. That's just Vanderbilt. It's just a slow weekend. It's cold. Maybe they – I don't know. There's a lot of different factors that play into it. But I think Vanderbilt's too talented. They've got a good roster. They'll be just fine. But it's more fun to overreact right now. The one thing I'll say about them is, is they're a little bit unique in – the idea that they still kind of go the high school route, like they go get the most talented high school kids in the country. So the only reason I'm not, I wouldn't be worried is that like, they understand that. So you have to let your young guys go fail. Cause to your point, like let's go throw the young guys in the back end. Cause they've got back end stuff. But if they're not delivering come March, April, like they're not going to throw in those innings. Right. That's the only reason I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. The only reason I'd be like, Oh, they're not going to finish one too is because the sec is just that damn good. But, but I, I think they got time. Yeah. It's just weird because I think the whole world is used to seeing Vanderbilt the first few weekends just being so professionally ready. Like Tim Corbin usually has the guys uh, the first few weekends of the year just steamrolling teams. Like out of nowhere, like they're just all buttoned up, looking great, flying around the field, throwing strikes, and just closing ball games out. And it's just a little bit different pace for for this season. But you're right. It's a long year. Uh, I'm not worried about them yet, but if this trickles into like March, you gotta you gotta worry a little bit. But what if they struggle now? And we have our theory, and I still stand by it to this day, the hot cold hot theory. But some team could struggle now, face all the shit that comes at them. They throw all the shit at them. They get they catch all of it. They hit them. Whatever. They come out of the mud and late March, and they just steamroll. They, that doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship because they got to go cold again before the end of the year. But those teams, usually they face a bunch of shit in the beginning. They'll be fine. When we get to April, May, you're going to see them in the upper tier of the uh, SEC standings or whatever team it is. I mean, it's all about getting hot at the right time. So we have the hot, cold, hot theory. Maybe, I mean, does it work? The cold, then just super hot? The cold, to hot, to super hot? Has that ever happened? No, no. I mean, LSU was pretty much hot all year last year. No, LSU went hot, cold, hot. Yeah, did they? Yeah, could you remember in the middle of that in the middle of the year they lost um, against Kentucky? They couldn't win. They couldn't sweep a series. Yeah, and then they did lose back to back midweeks. 
Yeah, yeah. And then they okay. lost to You're South right. Carolina. They lost a series to South Carolina. Couldn't sweep, or they almost lost series against Arkansas. They couldn't sweep Kentucky. Like they were in that phase where they just weren't great. Hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, not me. I would never call them fraudulent because I definitely did it because I just thought their bullpen wasn't very good. And that may have been because of a hypothetical couple investments that didn't go my way. But I, I felt like that their bullpen wasn't going to be good enough. And then all of a sudden, you know, those backing guys turned into Thatcher Heard. You can think Thatcher Heard, but that was last year. We got to talk about 2024. Yeah. Um, can we talk about this? Two things. One, Texas A&M is an Omaha team this year. They look fabulous. Big, physical, strong dudes that all rake and mash. But where did Jace Lava, Laviette, Lavalette, where did he get the nickname Lord Tubbington? I have no idea where that came from. I know there's a lot of Aggies listening. Please tell us the, the origin story of Lord Tubbington, because that's the greatest nickname I've ever heard at this level. What is that? I don't know. It, don't it rolls know. off the tongue well, though. The only thing that I could think of is that it almost sounds like a character to like an ice cream like truck? Dude, an ice cream tub. He just right. tubbing. That's what I was thinking. And then what? What stadium do they play in? Bluebell. Bluebell. Wow. So that's my only theory that I have. So um, I, I I I could make it. I'll make a couple texts. Let's see if I can't have anything confirmed by the end. Of Let's try to get it before the before the end of the episode because make, he yeah. hit his fifth homer in four days or four games. Uh, dude, he is. Matt Olson 2.0, the exact swing pass. Finish. So the finish is identical. I got multiple texts from like people that still follow college baseball, MLB, and they were like, dude, whoever made this uh, Matt Olson comparison is a genius. And uh, I was like, yeah, he, it's identical. But can I, can I show I, the boys some love before you keep going to it? And it'll for be sure. The other cop that everyone was feeding me about you two that y'all plugged up. I don't know who threw it up there. The Roman Kimball and Roy Oswald cop was nuts. I am I am the player comp king. I've well, seen it, so much baseball. It, but but let's go ahead and put on the A chat. I, dude, yep. the Royo was so spot on, it was insane. Ben is the goat at player yeah. comps. He does it all the time. I, I want to be a professional scout, but I don't want to do any of the scouting. I just want to do player comps. Like, I'll throw, like, a Vinny Castillo out there or, I don't know, like a, a Tory Hunter. I love doing Tory Hunter player comps. Uh, but, anyways. Uh, Dan Ugla comps are fun. I We need a Dan Ugla in college baseball. He was one I, of my all-time favorites. I have a fun Dan Ugla story, but that's for after the pod. Sorry. I don't okay. Um, Russian beer cans with your bicep. Anything else happened? Anything else big happened on Tuesday? Um, no, I was just going to say that uh, Lord Tubbington's got to be the favorite for the Golden Spikes right now. Uh, but then you also have Braden Montgomery, who's mashing in his new place in, at Texas A&M. So I'm going to go out and just say Texas A&M is an Omaha team. They uh, they just have that feel to them. No, yeah. I think that was I'm pretty much it. I mean, we can talk a little bit about Austin P real quick. I don't think we've really talked about him, but those boys we are did. fun to watch. We did. No, we didn't talk about them. No. Nah. Well, the, with home field, and there's six shirts. They are six shirts. Uh, Jack, take us take us down the Austin P train just real quick, because you're the one that hyped him up. Talk about the coach. Talk about you know the the energy the players have, and uh, I'll let you run with it for a little bit. All right. So, Dimitri, I'll leave you the Mountain Dew man. That was your guy. 
Mountain Dew Man is an electric factory. But when he made the move from Oak State, and I know that I juiced him up pretty good on the preseason preview, uh, I would be lying if there wasn't a slight bit of bias in my pick. Now, I've already made it very clear that I wear those biases as a badge of honor. But Lyle Miller-Green, the A-Sun preseason player of the year, he gets the start yesterday down at Duty Noble. Hits a dub piece. They go backside. They're, like, their offense is legit one through eight. And they, they all – you ever watch a team and go, man, how come everyone swings the exact same? Like, everyone looks... They all look the same, dude. They're all left-handed, and they all have the exact same swing. It, thank you. I'm telling you, when you watch them, you go, I don't know who the hitting coach is, but, like, whatever they're teaching philosophy-wise, they bought in. Like, the boys buy-in is real. And, and, like, we talked about the six, seven guys that have come over from Oak State. Like, they've been able to build this culture. They built it. It doesn't happen, right? They didn't build Rome in one night. Like, how many fucking cliches can I use? But... In year two, the boys are buzzing. And everyone's calling it upset to go down into Duty Noble and take two from them. They did not call this an upset on that bus ride back. I just tried FaceTime them. They didn't answer. Uh, I'm just letting you know. They expected to go win down there. And that's dangerous when you got a mid-major team that is blindly ignorant going into those big ballparks going, we're supposed to win. Like, we are better than them. And that's scary. That is scary. I wonder what Austin P's odds are to get to Omaha. Just yeah. to maybe sprinkle it a little bit. I saw another. Maybe, I think maybe they look good. Oral Robert. Maybe this year's Oral Roberts. Is Oral Roberts a, a? Is that a first name last name? Uh, no, oral, oral is the verb, and Roberts is the name. No, it's not a verb. Don't be. <laughs> don't be going down that path. It's a. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Austin P. That's a first name last name. Oral Roberts. I'm going to assume is a first name last name. That's the Omaha team this year. I'm in. Uh, a couple, couple other things I want to talk about on the midweek that I've just remembered. One, absolute shame that Texas Tech, Oregon State at 1 o'clock Eastern today was not televised anywhere. It's at a major league ballpark. Uh, there was nobody, like nobody could watch the game. Like on streaming, on whatever, like that's a joke. That should never happen ever again. Imagine if there was a top 25 basketball game that just Horseshit. was not televised. Horseshit. They even filmed games on freaking the Bahamas Island. They filmed games from military aircraft carrier. They filmed games from wherever the hell they are. But we can't get a game in Globe Life Field if you get telecasted. It's a joke. Um, and then last thing, the Dallas Baptist-Oklahoma game yesterday was electric. Dallas Baptist ended up winning. I feel like they always win midweeks especially against Power 5 teams. But Nathan Humphreys hit a go-ahead grand slam in, I believe, the seventh or eighth inning uh, to break a 7-7 tie. I think it was the bottom of the eighth. So the Dallas Baptist uh, Patriots, Dallas Bombers University, they look live and well. Uh, hey. Possibly, possibly going to be the number one mid-major team next week if they uh, take care of business this weekend. But people are saying... Campbell's taken down the last two mid-major number one teams, so maybe Campbell makes the jump. We'll Gotta see wait and see. That. But <laughs> if you were a betting man, if someone put in front of you Campbell, Dallas Baptist, East Carolina to make Omaha, who would you pick? East Carolina's been close, but how many times does it take? Dallas Baptist might have one of the best teams they've had in a while this year. Campbell? Maybe no target on their back. Maybe they can just sneak their way through. That's tough. I mean, right now, resume-wise, you have to say Campbell. Winning two out of three against UC Santa Barbara and, and winning a midweek against 
East Carolina. Fourth straight, by the way. Just just wanted to put that up. Yeah, they own that rivalry. They own it. It was a fun game to watch back and forth, but in the back of my head, I was like, Campbell's going to win this game. They always do. So, anyways, so I, let's move I on mean, to the tournaments. The best Dallas Baptist team I've seen in the last three years. Yeah, they, they, they're a complete team. That is a fact. So, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to go to FridaySTARTERS.COM. I'm going to share my screen just real quick. So if you're on the YouTube, you can kind of look along look along with us. Uh, but they're great. This website's awesome. It has every single tournament. Sure. So we'll start here with the Andre Dawson Classic. It's the Jackie Robinson Training Complex, Vera Beach, Florida. Uh, you got NC, A&T, Prairie View, A&M, Alabama State, Southern Grambling, and Florida A&M. It says some games on MLB Network. So that's big time. Uh, where is Vera Beach, Florida? Is that near Jacksonville or no? Is that Ponte Vedra? I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, I'll take I'll take Florida A&M to win this tournament. I love the Rattlers, even though they got stomped with... by Troy Wait, in the midweek. Didn't we do this last week? Or... Oh, that was Cactus Jack. Yeah, Cactus yeah, Jack. Cactus Jack in, in Minute Man. Give me the Rattlers. Ooh, uh, give me the CAA. I like A&T. Wait, I don't even know if a and still in the CAA. No, yes, they are. I think they are. I think they are, too. Yeah. Now, Alabama yeah. State's got to be the favorite here, even yeah. though they got smacked by Alabama today. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll watch the games if they're on MLB Network. That's cool. Always a good broadcast. Now we have the Sugarland Classic Constellation Field, home of the – used to be the Skeeters. Now they're, what, the Space Cowboys? Sweet. Sugarland Space Cowboys. But we got Illinois-Chicago, who we saw – PFT commenter um, hold the two runs from pardon my take. So it's them, Lamar, Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, Creighton, and Houston Christian. This is going to be a fun tournament. I love all these little teams like this. Creighton should win this tournament, but Stephen F. Austin's been playing pretty good. Uh, I'm going to roll with my Houston Christian Huskies. Lance Berkman got ejected from this tournament last year. I don't know if you guys remember, but he was jumping up and down yelling at the umpire, and uh, I posted that video that my brother took while he was there. It was hilarious. Can we give some love to UIC? PFT yeah, dominates them, and then they come out opening We can take two out of three at uh, Verth, Kansas in uh, in Corpus Christi. I don't know why they're playing a neutral field against both teams. Just can't host that game too cold. But yeah, PFT commenter and the Barstool boys got the flame from Chicago ready for that opening weekend. That's a fact. People are – when I say people, I mean me. People are starting to murmur collusion. I, I'm curious if the boys brought out the swords just to make him feel a little bit better about himself. But when I watched, I, I was equally impressed with the athleticism on the bump, but also a little bit worried because the boys looked a little rough, and they kind of roughed him up this weekend. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the boy. Give me Big Puma. I want, uh, I want the Huskies. I'm going to yeah, go with, I'm gonna go with UTSA here. I think people – like. I don't know why, Ben, you and I, we usually show UTSA some love, but there's always too late. It's always like when they're doing really good, we're like, wow, the Roadrunners are here. But it's like, I feel like this team deserves a little more respect. Like Houston Christian ass, Lamar, average, Creighton. Okay, like I'm gonna give I'm gonna give UTSA a shot to win this thing. Hey, Houston Christian won a series against Lemoyne this past weekend. And then they uh <laughs> They followed up. They take a one nothing lead against Texas in the midweek. And then I, think I they saw lost that. And I two. Said, no way. I said no way they win this game. <laughs> they lost twenty to two. So it is what it is. 
Uh, now we have the Tony Gwynn Legacy Tournament right in Dimitri's backyard, San Diego, California. Some good teams here. We got Bakersfield, who's probably the worst team in this, but Missouri, uh, LMU, which I'm blank. Uh, Loyola Mary. I was like, what does LMU stand for? San Diego State, and then UC San Diego, who I love. I love UC San Diego, even though they're down four to six right now. I got the TV on uh, to San Diego right now. I oh, and then hey, also, they're Utah down six to four. Yeah, they're down six to four in the top of the seventh. They blew it, uh, huh? Yeah, Utah is also in this. It's not listed, but boom, right there. I'll take uh, I'll take UC San Diego. Go ahead, Jack. I go chalk. I'll take Mizzou. I, I feel like they're supposed to go win this thing, right? Like, I know that they're bottom of the barrel in the SEC, but... Dude, I'll, Mizzou I'll, lost two out of three to Cal Poly this past weekend. Yeah, I'll go chalk. I'll take Mizzou. I think they bounce back. I saw that as well. I don't even... I, I, I don't know a thing about Cal Poly, too, which is probably not great for my pick, but, you know. I, I do. I'm, 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 I'm all in on UC San Diego. I really like them. Um, I think they've got the talent. But you can't win every weekend. And no, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to go UC San Diego to win it. But I think Missouri can yeah. do some damage as well. But you, I don't know how you can pick a winner when UC San Diego and Missouri are playing each other twice and other teams are not playing twice. I don't know. Yeah, it's not like a real tournament, obviously. Like, tournament. This isn't even like a real round robin. It looks like they're just playing a bunch of games. And uh, it says multiple ballparks too. So. Yeah. It's just the name. Tony Gwynn, rest in peace, legend. Glad he's got a tournament named after him. Um, this one will be fun. The Round Rock Classic, Carbach Round Rock Classic, Dell Diamond. Uh, sneaky good teams across the board here. Like I know Kansas just dropped two out of three to UIC, but they I think they'll end up being pretty good. Very Juco-heavy roster. Kentucky, Kentucky actually came back and won in the midweek they were down like seven nothing six nothing to moorhead state but ended up coming back and winning washington state i think will be pretty good this year and then we all know texas state's solid especially on the weekends uh texas state kind of the home team here it's not too far from round rock to san marcus i don't know i mean kentucky should win this they were a super regional team last year i'll take uh i'll take kentucky Give me the Bobcats from Texas State. I saw enough. Those, they those have... are your boys right there. The Lupton guys are going to give you hell for this. <laughs> they hate how much you like Texas State. Why, but why? I don't even like Texas State that much. I don't understand that. They were you don't like, like them? You pick them every single week. That's not true. That is that is so not true. Okay. I remember I took UTSA over Texas State one week, and I took Georgia Southern over Texas State last year in a series. Like I, I am a very unbiased when it comes to Sun Belt. I don't know why they think that, but they tweeted at me in the first inning, like, "Oh, what a terrible pick!" Texas State almost won that damn game last night, and I was so hoping they would, just so I could dunk, dunk back on them. But um, yeah, I like Texas State this weekend. Kentucky looked really good against USC Upstate, who are they solid team? They smacked yeah. them up and down all weekend long. So. Kentucky should win it, but I like Texas Day. I like the winner of that Saturday night game to win this tournament. Dimitri, don't let him bully you off the block. Go with your guns. I like Texas State too, bud. I Thanks, like the man. Thanks, man. Hey, uh, Senor Luptons, I'm a big fan of the Horn Frogs, but I'm just telling you right now, Ryan Farber and Aaron Lugo, two dudes that hit in that Texas State lineup, that rake. 
It might not be TCU caliber, but I'm just telling you. And I think they build some confidence because I don't think there's any way they lose to Kansas that opening night. You get a win against a Power 5 team, you start to believe a little bit. And I think they beat Kentucky on Saturday because, to your point, that'll be the game of the uh, weekend. Yeah, it's a uh, much different – like last year, wasn't this the Iowa-LSU and there was another really good team? Iowa-LSU, Sam Houston State, and Cal. And Cal, yep. Yeah, like – and it's on the D1 baseball streaming, uh, D1 baseball streaming site. Uh, I think it what's broke, it their, like, broke their damn site last year. You remember that? LSU. Yeah, the, people were pissed because it was Paul Skeens on Friday first game, and it was right after. I think it was the second weekend of the year. Everybody was pumped after his opening weekend start, and uh, I think they missed the top of the first inning because the site broke or got hacked. That's what it was. Fans were raving hell, dude. They were in Kendall Rogers mentioned. All yeah. morning. They're like, I you charged us 1999 to watch this, and you can't even what show us Paul Skeens. What is this shit? <laughs> and Kendall was like, we got hacked. So I don't know if that was just a, a little thing. I think they just got it, overloaded. Like, they just that's got what hacked. I would go to. That would be my excuse. Hey, we got hacked. It's not me. <laughs> but it was cool. The next day, uh, I remember watching like the 11 a.m. game, and Brody Brecht threw against uh, LSU and won the game. Right, now, Iowa won that game. They yeah. smoked them. So that was like Brody Breck's coming out party. People were like, "Dude, this guy's throwing 101." It's crazy, um, but yeah, I don't know how much it costs, but it actually was a really good broadcast. Like D1 baseball did a good job. That's awesome. And I don't know how they're doing this, but they're also broadcasting the Jacksonville Classic, which is just right down the road from me. I might actually end up going to one of these games, like maybe Saturday. Cool. Uh, let's see. Let me look. Virginia, Iowa might be good. Um, Morgan. Yeah, Virginia, Iowa would be good. Dude, don't sleep on Wichita State or Auburn. Like, they're both really good clubs, too. What's with the, what's with the Wichita love? I thought we were trashing them pre, preseason. We were talking about how much they're going to suck. Well, they looked really good. I, I Dude, they lost every single buddy, every single person from their team last year with the coaching change. I, I'm pretty sure their whole roster entered the transfer portal. So they brought in all new guys, brought in a brand new coach. And uh, just from like, I didn't watch them play, but just from the highlights they were posted on Twitter last week, it seemed like they're legit. So I'll believe the hype. I'm not buying it. Then is that at the uh, Jumbo Shrimp Stadium? Because if so, that's it is. Cool. That's awesome. Dude, it's a sweet okay. setup too. So it's, it's cool. Uh, downtown Jacksonville, they have like a minor league basketball slash hockey arena, concert arena. Right next to that is this stadium, like right in the middle of downtown, yeah. and it's a it's legit. Like they were doing, I went I went for New Year's, and uh, they were doing a lot of construction on the outfield bleachers, and then right behind that is the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, stadium. So cool. you got like three really nice stadiums all in a row within like. Do not um, give do not give Jacksonville a single inch of love. That is a armpit of Florida. It is almost as bad as Tallahassee, but not quite as bad. Jacksonville is a shithole place. It is not a place you want to go. I didn't think it was that bad. Dude, Jacksonville sucks. Jacksonville sucks. <laughs> compared to what, though? Sucks compared to Wichita, Kansas? Sucks compared to Iowa City, Iowa? Don't, don't, don't sleep on Des Moines, Iowa, or Iowa City. But I heard Des Moines. Yes. Wait, I, wait, time out, time out. Where is Iowa? 30 second timeout. 
It's Iowa City, right? Or is that Iowa State? I, the Hawkeyes are in Iowa City. No, they're I, in Ames. Isn't it Ames, Ames Iowa? I think it's just outside Iowa, Iowa City. We're going to get so much crap for this. Um, oh, dude. You know what? You know what? Screw it. Google Maps. We'll get we'll get on top of this right now. Yeah, that's why I called a 30-second timeout, my first charged. It is in Iowa City, Iowa. Yeah. And then Iowa State is in Ames. Amos or Ames. Ames. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, okay. Iowa, and then... Yeah, I mean you've got you've got uh, Cedar Rapid, Des Moines, and Council Bluff, right next to Omaha. Council Bluff and Iowa City. Yep. Anyways, uh, I'm going to Auburn to win this tournament. I think people are sleeping on Auburn. I th- I feel like they're ready to surprise a lot of people. This will be their coming out party. Uh, I remember I had them in Omaha this year. I, I, I like the Tigers. Uh, Ike I- Irish mashes baseballs. And uh, Chris Stanfield, dynamic player at Auburn as well. Um, I do yeah. like – can you believe Joe uh, Joseph Gonzalez is still there? Do you remember him? Yeah, the, the pitcher? He's been there for five Fresh. years. I was like being a Friday guy. When they, had, when, they, when they were at Oregon State for that uh, Super Regional. Yeah. Um, that was 2022, yeah, I, I believe. Like the team. I like I Iowa. And if D won baseball, I don't think they're listening. But if they want me to come down and broadcast Friday night, Brody Brack, I will. <laughs> Dude, that'll be fun. Auburn, uh, Iowa, Friday. Where night. are you broadcasting this weekend? Uh, dude, good old Chucktown, baby. Charleston Southern, Citadel, and CFC. A little trifecta guy this weekend. ESPN Plus and Flow. Tune in. You own that city. You own Charleston. <laughs> it's time to leave. <laughs> All right, we got the uh, Kleberg Bank. College Classic at Whataburger Field, Corpus Christi, Texas. Another one that, I mean, this is this feels like a tournament. I have no stats to back this up. I feel like A&M Corpus Christi always plays really well here. They're the, the home team, and I'm not saying they're going to win this tournament, but obviously, like, Washington and Maryland are way more talented. Pitt's really good. Or not really good. Pitt, Pitt's good enough it's better. to win games. But don't sleep on the, uh, on the Islanders, the Durners. But I will take uh, I will take Maryland here. I think that they win Friday. I think that they win Saturday. And it's probably going to come down to that Sunday afternoon game, Maryland-Washington. I didn't mean to interject there, but I was just so excited to give the people my pick in this Kleberg Bank College Classic. But I like the uh, Maryland Terrapins here. The Terps. Uh, I'm going weird, I, and I, I'm picking this solely because I saw their jerseys last weekend. I like Pitt. I, I think they're actually going to be a little bit better too. I, I thought they looked kind of like scrappy what, last. Week. Let's see what Pitt. I want to see what Pitt did last weekend because I know they won a game. Where did they play? They played in a tournament, I believe. They were down oh, three and zero. Oh. Yeah, three and zero. They beat. They swept Maine. That's what it was. Yeah, but they played in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Neutral side vibes. I, I it, they they took care of business. They beat the fighting former Jeremy Pena's, but the unis look good, so I'll take Pitt. All right, nice, nice. All right, and then we have the uh, let's see, Oregon State, Arkansas, Friday night. Everybody's gonna love watching that. It's on Flow Sports, uh, but boy, it's gonna be a big one. <laughs> that is a banger of a game. Like Oregon State just beat the crap out of Texas Tech in this in this ballpark. Ben it is. Globe Life Field. This is the first time Oregon State and Arkansas have matched up since the very famous, not infamous, very famous play in right field foul territory. 
in the 2018 College World Series. Yeah, and for Arkansas, I mean, you've got to have Hagen Smith bounce back, right? I mean, he looked terrible last Friday, which it surprised so many people because he was nails all fall, all preseason, and then, you know, James Madison got to him early. But I expect a big bounce back game here for Hagen Smith. It's going to be a pretty big crowd, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of people at these games. And Oregon State, like, they just mash. Like, Travis Bazana and company, they are very offensive. Uh, I wish we got to see them play today against Texas Tech. No. The score, the score just says it all. Anyways, uh, I think I've read about this game in the, in the college baseball script, to be honest. Isn't this the one where I said Hagen Smith goes complete game shutout, tosses a ball to Sidney Sweeney? Yeah. He goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was this is the first game in the college baseball script I blogged about. So if he goes complete game, they win the game on a foul pop-up that he catches, then you know the script is real. But uh, anyways, you, you also have Oklahoma State and Michigan in this. They open it up on Friday. I don't think Michigan's, like, very good. I don't remember what they did this past weekend, but I know it was not impressive. Let me check real fast. Who do you guys have? I'm going to take Arkansas to win this, even though I think Oregon State will end up winning the tournament. Dude, you cannot convince me to, to bet against Oregon State. They yeah. they look so good. So um, I do really like Arkansas. I think that game Friday is going to be much watch TV. Oregon State, Arkansas. Um, yeah, Friday. Uh, Oregon State and Arkansas match up for the first time since 2018 when Arkansas got – I'm talking, they got their heart shattered. Um, so there's a little bit of history there, a little a little nostalgia for both teams. Um, but give me, give me Oregon State to win this. I do think Arkansas – you know what? The winner of that Friday game wins this tournament. Oregon State yeah. and Arkansas, the winner went, Friday night wins it. So I feel the same way. I also feel like uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to be fine. I know they went one, two last weekend. I think they bounce back and I think they beat Arkansas, actually. Here, here, I'm a storyline guy. Ready? Because that would be a huge upset for them. And I think, I think Arkansas, in order to win the national championship based on latitude and longitude, as our guy Ben has mentioned, in order for them to do that, I think people need to jump off of the bandwagon for a while. So I think they struggle this weekend. Similar to Jace down at AM, I think Bazana's got to go bonkers. I think the Bazana Golden Spike train goes nuts and he hits two homers against Arkansas. And everyone's like, oh, I knew it. This guy's going to be great. He's going to be the Golden Spikes winner on the West Coast this year. Um, so I think, I think Oregon State wins this weekend. And then I think Arkansas drops another to Oklahoma State on Saturday. So, um, but yeah, give me Oregon State. But I see the storylines, they're clear. This is also a field that I feel like Oklahoma State always plays good at. Yeah, they do. Um, they won tonight, eight to four, and uh, I don't know. Like they looked like crap Friday and Saturday against Sam Houston, but Sunday they looked great. They won tonight, so yeah, keep an eye out for Oklahoma State. But how'd they do? Uh, never mind. Never mind. I think they're two and two this year. Anyways, um, Jack, what are you doing Friday night? Like around eight Eastern. Oh, do we do we do it? Do we do it? Yeah, I got about it. I got a game at four. I, I, you you brought it up earlier about how hey, if you need an option, and they're not broadcasting your favorite game in the country, our guy Ben Upton's got the solution for you. Yeah. So 
here's a little teaser that uh i mean it's going to eventually happen but so jack and i have been planning this for a while um we're doing a uh, a live youtube show it's going to be called club bromaha and i i know i mentioned it on the pod before but club bromaha has now specialized in waiting for a game where it might be on flow sports it might be on pac 12 network it might be on a streaming service that you have to pay for that you don't want to pay for. So instead of paying for it, I think we're going to go live on YouTube and we'll share our screen. There won't be any game action. Like you're not gonna be able to see the plays or anything, but you know, the, uh, the score bug or whatever it's called, uh, Statcast, not Statcast. What's it called? Stat broadcast where you can see the the scoreboard and like who's on base and whatever. But Jack and I are going to do a radio broadcast where we will be watching the game because we pay for flow sports and pac 12 network and big 10 network and all these and uh you guys can come along and listen to us broadcast the game so maybe friday night that arkansas oklahoma state or sorry arkansas oregon state game might be the perfect one where we sit back uh let me let me give an example here i'm sure there's a live score somewhere going on hold on like uh i don't know there's not very many games going on right now but you know what I'm talking about. Like you go to the school's website, yep, yep, and it yep. has the lineup card, box score, whatever, and we'll we'll broadcast the game. So it's not guaranteed, but this this would be the weekend to do it Friday night. And anyways, so that that kind of concludes the tournament talk. There, we're about an hour into the pod, and let's do the weekend series pick them and then and then shut this thing down. Sound good? So the weekend series pick them. I want to give a couple shout outs because we had seven people go six and zero in our weekend series pick them competition. E Shockley twenty four, J Fitzhenry, A Bennett one sixteen, AJB one thousand and seven, CL Shoemaker O one, J Rupert thirty two, Garrett B fourteen twenty two O six. All went seven and zero. Oh. Six, or sorry, six and zero. Oh, six and oh. seven people went six and zero. Oh. I went one and five. Dimitri went five and one, and Jack went three and three. So, by those rules, Dimitri has to go first, and you have to pick first. Jack picks second, and I get to pick last. <laughs> so the the series this week, the six of them, and these are tough fellas. Like these are not easy at all. <laughs> They're fun and, though. Yeah, uh, so we have East Carolina at North Carolina, UCLA at TCU, UConn at Cal, St. John's at Houston, Fresno at Fullerton, and Rutgers at Old Dominion. So let's start right there. Rutgers at Old Dominion, Dimitri, who you got? We're starting from the bottom? Yeah, we'll start from the bottom. We'll finish with ECU at UNC. One thing I have to say before I make my, or make my pick, when you just went through those, I literally wanted just to click all the home teams and just click submit. That, that's what like, Jack like. Is, that's I how think. like the board is looking at. It's like I just I love every single home team here. Um, but Rutgers, Old Dominion, Old Dominion looked good this weekend. Rutgers also looked good this weekend. They both have some really talented players. Um, I'm going to fade the public because I think the public is going to take Old Dominion and take the run with the Monarchs. So I'm going to take Rutgers at, uh, on the road. Well, I appreciate you giving away my draft strategy, Dimitri. Uh, it's all about the Monarchs. They got beat pretty good by UVA tonight. They bounce back. I, I think they can sweep the series. I think they're that good. Who? 
ODU. I, I ODU. You're ODU. you like the home team, Dimitri. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is here. I mean, this is I see old Dominion sweeping, huh? Yeah, I do. I think so. They so, look good in the Dub and the A10. It just means more. All right, so here's here's a little story time for everybody. So Old Dominion played against Virginia today, right? And I was all about Old Dominion upsetting Virginia. Before the game, I was like, this is a prime spot where Virginia is about to go down and play against Auburn and Wichita State and Iowa in that Jacksonville tournament. Big look ahead. Old ODU is good. They're offensive. They they can hit the crap out of the ball. Uh, I'm expecting Old Dominion to win the game, right? Well, they end up losing eight to nothing. I found out in the first inning, the top of the first inning, I was, and I was like, Old Dominion has zero chance of winning this game because Virginia had like a ribbon on their hat. I think wow. one of their one of their players' dad passed away the yeah. day before. Never and, you know, rest in peace to him. You never want to hear about a player losing a father, this and that. Like, I could never imagine what that kid's going through. But, like when they announced that the, they were wearing the ribbons, it was like, oh, Virginia's going to run roll. And they basically did. They won eight to nothing. Uh, so old ODU had no chance of winning today. Just gambler's mindset. So what I do know, Rutgers is good. They they are. The, Rutgers recruits really cool. Like they recruit the Mike Trout types. Now I'm not saying they recruit Mike Trout, but like the combination of speed and power, like all their guys are physical, big, strong, fast, but old dominion just doesn't lose at home. They know how to hit in that ballpark every year. They're top five, I think in home runs. And this is a prime spot where I think ODU is comfortable playing at home. And I don't know if they sweep, but I think they score a ton of runs. I think they win two out of three. So give me ODU monarchs win two out of three. So that's great news for Dimitri. Can we have um, a conversation about how our pod, by the way, five and one, three and three, one and five, and we, we really did a great job of painting all into the spectrum. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dimitri <laughs> kicked my ass last year in this. Two years ago, I think I dominated. Last year, he dominated me, so I'm glad Jack's in the mix. Maybe someone will keep it competitive. But anyways, let's do uh, Fresno at Fullerton. <sighs> Fresno just lost a midweek to Sac State. Sac State. And uh, Fullerton won two out of three against whoever it was, Stanford. But I think their midweek got canceled. Yeah, they got lucky because San Jose State was supposed to hop on a bus Sunday night, drive all the way to NorCal, play Fullerton Tuesday but it, or Monday night, but it got canceled. But uh, being 0-4 weekend, we talked about this on Sunday. But I really liked how... Oh, yeah, I pulled up the weekend series pick them. I don't know why I did this earlier. So if you're on YouTube, you can see the six series and uh, ignore my picks right now. I was just clicking away, but ODU is. You can't show us your picks. No, these are not my picks. I was clicking random, random Uh stuff. I haven't Uh submitted yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, (laughs) I really like Fullerton. They showed they they looked great this weekend, but I'm just Stanford stinks. They're they're not going to be that good this year. Fresno State old team, we were high on Fresno preseason. We were not that high on Fullerton. So I'm going to roll with Fresno State. Just purely, I'm going to stick with our guns based on what we saw, what we like preseason. I, yeah, I like I like Fullerton. And I disagree with you. I, I, I actually think Stanford's going to be okay. I don't, 
I think they were actually my, my Pac-12 pictures because I think everyone has kind of faded them and I know everyone kind of jumped ship, but, uh, you know, from like a, a, a portal standpoint, but um, I like them. I think Stanford's going to be okay. And and Fullerton on 15 on them on Saturday. They've been 15 to six. I don't think that's a fluky win. Uh, they ended up getting beat, I think, 4-2 on Sunday. So I, I like Fullerton at home here. I'm going to have to lean with Dimitri, and it's just because, and look, the like the preseason mid major poll like obviously doesn't mean much, but we did put a lot of research into it, and I'm pretty sure we had the conversation like, do we like Fullerton, Fresno, Sac State? Uh, there was like eight California teams that we were looking at, and just on paper, it, it felt like Fresno State was the better team. So I am going to go with the Bulldogs. I think I think Fullerton will be a popular pick, and I I don't blame them. I don't blame anybody for picking Fullerton. They're at home, but like, I just it kills me not to pick Fullerton here. It kills I, I me, think, dude. It kills me. I think Fresno State is the better team, but man, have I been wrong a lot lately? So, <laughs> Fresno fan, I mean Fullerton fans have got to love that I'm going with Fresno State right now. Uh, yeah. Next series we have is St. John's at Houston. Everybody knows St. John's upset Florida Friday night last week, and then the next two games got canceled. They did not play a midweek. I don't know why they didn't play a midweek, but uh, they're one and zero. Meanwhile, Houston is four and zero. Played a pretty soft schedule. Uh, they they scored nine runs without getting an out against Prairie View A and M on Tuesday uh, to to start the game. It was nine nothing. Nobody out top of the, or bottom first. But anyways, uh, this this should be a pretty competitive matchup. Uh, Dimitri, go ahead and kick us off. Who you got? You know what's funny? If you were to talk to St. John head coach Thursday before opening day and said, hey, you guys are going to win Friday night. You're going to shock everybody. Everyone can think you're really good. The rest of the weekend is going to get canceled. You guys are going to leave Gainesville 1-0. You think he would have been like, no, nah, I want to play all three or I'll take it. We're 1-0 and we, we go back home 1-0 with a win over Florida. What do you take? I think he probably would rather play the three games just to see what he's got. I mean, right now he knows he's got a solid Friday guy with a couple good bullpen pieces, but sure, after but that. Secretly. I'm I mean, secretly, he, he wants the series win at Florida, right? Like, 1-0 is a series win. You get to hang that on a resume, make sure RPI look good. But at the end of the day, it's – Yeah. I mean, you want to see early in the year what you what you guys have. And with being a northern team like St. John's, they haven't had a ton of on-the-field stuff going on. So, With all of that talk being said, give me the fighting Cougs from Houston. I think, those te- I think that team is going to be hot going into Big 12 play, and then they're going to get humbled. But I think they're going to shock people, and they're going to make them think, wow, this Houston team is really ready for Big 12 play. So I like Houston to keep keep it going. Yeah, I'm with it, Dimitri. I think uh, I, I think Houston is actually – I think they're really good. And I think – I know we kind of talked about them being frisky in the Big 12, and it's almost like they can hang around the middle of the pack. That's got to be big for them because I think the Big 12 is going to be really good this year. But the only reason I'm a little concerned about the Cougs is, is, is kind of what Ben mentioned earlier. Like, is this like a trap weekend in the sense that they're already looking at Vandy and, and Texas and LSU next weekend uh, that's going to be in Houston? 
um, up at Minute Maid. So, uh, but I, Trey Jones hit a ball last night against Prairie View, and I know that they scored a ton of runs, but uh, there was like 111 off the bat. He was an AM and um, Islanders transfer in there, and he's a big – just really strong first base and they got bigger in the portal. And I think that they really hit the shit around the ballpark this weekend. So give me the Cougs too. Yeah. I'm going with the Cougars too, just because I think their pitching is actually back to like 2015 to 2017 Houston Cougars pitching where they were hosting regionals, make a super regional, all that. Uh, they played a like, I know they played Binghamton the first weekend. Right. And most people that don't follow college baseball, or maybe you do follow college baseball, you kind of write off Binghamton, but, that I mean, Binghamton is the favorite for the American East, in my opinion, to win it. And like they have some dudes as well. Houston won eight to four, eight to two, seven nothing. So and then they, of course they went twenty seven to one in uh, uh, against Prairie View yesterday. So I'm buying into this Houston pitching staff enough. Uh, I haven't seen enough of St. John's. Like I know St. John's was electric. Uh, and their upset win against Florida. But I think if it went three games, I think they get blown out the next two because Florida is legit. And, and I don't know. I I think it's just a different mindset when you see 1-0 and St. John's or one win against Florida versus if you saw 1-2 and St. John's up yep. against 4-0 Houston, I think it would change the mindset. So give me, uh, give me the Cougs at home. And, I mean, this is a big look ahead. Like, Houston could be looking ahead because they have – UTSA midweek next week plus uh like like you said I think they play Vanderbilt, Louisiana Lafayette and either Texas State or LSU in that college classic in Houston the next week so uh just hope just give me the Cougs at home but it would not shock me to see St. John's actually win this series and like solidify themselves as a good team so yep. anyways we got three series left we got UConn at Cal <laughs> feels weird to have this matchup east coast versus west coast cal's got two superstars though and that's kind of where i'm leaning but i'll let dimitri pick first i mean just go ahead and make your pick then you just couldn't hold it in just go ahead and make your pick <laughs> I, I i like cal like they dominated there we go. BYU tonight they, they dominated byu eight nothing like they're a super offensive team uh two probably either first second or third team all americans uh, on the offensive side of the ball I, I like Cal. I've never bought into UConn, and people hate me for it sometimes. But I just there was there's been I think one super good UConn team over the last five years. The rest just play in a crappy conference, and they make their way to a regional. But they did make a super regional one year, so I'll tip my cap to that. But go ahead, guys. Give me Cal. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. Give me Cal. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Cal too. I thought their win against Kansas State was super impressive. Like I, yeah, it's why I'm a terrible gambler. It's why like I'm not probably like too edgy. I thought I, I thought Kansas State was going to come out and wipe the floor of them. I thought they were one trick pony at the top of the offense, and and I I thought they looked really good. So I'll take Cal. I ate my uh, sock after last weekend. Do we all just pick Cal and Houston? Yeah, and I got to tell you, yeah. more yeah. games, and and the home teams are looking pretty good in those too. I just want to say one more thing. This is actually a really underrated weekend series. I do like this series a lot between UConn and Cal. Um, I think UConn is a good team, and I think Cal is trending up big time. Um, so I think this is actually a really good series. Like, if people want to have interest in finding series to watch, this could be a good one, like at 8, 9 o'clock on, on the East Coast. 
I would say if this was played at a neutral site or at UConn, I would probably end up picking UConn to win the series. It's just the travel because I'm I'm pretty sure UConn is they're always on the road. Florida, they're I think they're flying from Florida to California, and like you just lose a lot of practice time. You get out of rhythm, out of schedule. Cal's just sitting up there at home mashing baseball, so <laughs> that's why I'm taking Cal. All right, we got the two big ones now: UCLA at TCU. I I'll let Dimitri go first. I do have a couple opinions about this series, but TCU could easily be one in three right now. Easily be one in three right now. At at best, two and two they should be right now. Give me UCLA. UCLA looked good this weekend. UCLA's got the pitching. They've got a little bit of the hitting. They've got what it takes to fit their mojo, which is their bread and butter. Pitch, play small ball, get two out base knocks, and score runs. That's what UCLA does. TCU, I'm not sold on them. This is going to be their weekend to get punched in the mouth. All right, let's regroup. Let's get better at the little thing, and we'll be good in the long run. But give me UCLA. I'm so happy that you said that because I had this storyline queued up because it popped up on my feed all weekend on Twitter. Trey Richardson, a former Horned Frog from a season ago, kind of went bonkers. Saw some people ripping on TCU all weekend over Twitter. Okay, you guys forget that this team was 20. 20 a year ago so shout out to trey richardson reminding the people because in that game they come back they win 10-9 peyton shot had two homers carson bowen's one of the best catchers in the country uh am i worried about them pitching wise no kirk sarlis is a dog like I, they're gonna be fine i'll take the home team again and, and i like and trey richardson had me ready to you know run through a wall on twitter the other day so i'm all in on the horn frogs yeah so i'm i'm picking i'm picking tcu as well and the reason why is I think they already had their scare. Like TCU goes opening weekend, coming off the Omaha hype. You know, they're, they're returning a bunch of guys. They get Peyton Tully out of the transfer portal. Uh, they look, I mean, people look at their starting rotation and they're like, man, these guys are some dudes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Bullpen's great, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think they already got punched in the mouth. Like Florida Gulf Coast punched in the mouth first all three games. And, and Texas State, like, competed hard and, and, should have possibly won that game too on Tuesday. So I think maybe that was the wake-up call. They uh, possibly were looking ahead to this UCLA series. I mean, this is a big one. Uh, I think TCU comes out, uh, the starters make it out of the third inning, which is step one. You know, if all three starters make it to the fifth or sixth inning, then, like, you got to love their chances. So I'll take TCU at home. I think that UCLA, even though people are underrating them, they're still – I mean, talent-wise, TCU has more talent, so I'll, I'll take the horn first. You mean you mean like back to back to back top five recruiting classes? That's the UCLA you're speaking of right there, right? But TCU also had like a top five transfer portal class that transfer, UCLA did not transfer portal. All everybody transfer portal. Dude, that's all that matters <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Well, Dimitri, all you gotta say is five and one, man. You, you got the upper hand, and and I got a weird feeling. Me and and, and Big Swing and Dick Ben are, are riding with the public, which is probably an issue. But it this feels so obvious this weekend. Yeah, it, it, it kind of does. Um, the last series here, East Carolina at UNC. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they played last year in a three game series. East, and I think East UNC, Wait, what happened? East Carolina smoked North Carolina last year. Oh, did they? 
I was thinking UNC won the series. No, East Carolina beat them. Well, there goes my strategy. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, let me know because I had it where UNC smashed them last year. They they swept them um, Friday and Sunday. Saturday got rained out. Oh, so that's two, right. I do remember that. Two okay, one run games, so I apologize. They didn't smoke them, but I think a sweep is the equivalent to getting smoked. I agree. Yeah, for sure. So, yep. So lead us off. Oh, dude, they played. Uh, they played that game three at the end of the year. They rescheduled it. North Carolina beat them two to one. Damn, dude, I'm all over the place right now. I'm all over the place. They still got smoked. You win the series, you get you smoke. Stop it. <laughs> you get where I'm going with it. Um, give me North Carolina. I like them this year to uh, return the favor and at least get two. I agree. I think Vance Honeycutt looked pretty pretty much as good as advertised over the weekend. He had a ball that was just absolutely peppered the other way. Um, I feel like the jungle is going to be upset with us. Uh, and I'm a mid-major guy at heart. I really am, I swear. But it's just hard for me to call East Carolina mid-major. Uh, and and then to Dimitri's point, I do think this is a matchup that I feel like North Carolina is like, I think we're kind of tired of like these guys getting the better of us. So I do think North Carolina wins. And I, I think Vance Honeycutt has another big weekend. This one's tough, boys. My my heart says go with East Carolina. It, it feels like East Carolina is going to bounce back after a tough midweek loss against Campbell. Like, just brutal back-and-forth game, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. But my brain is saying take North Carolina. I think North Carolina – probably wants to uh, avenge last year losing two out of three maybe you guys can talk this out with me do i do i just i have to fade you guys right to in order to pick up ground in the standings i'm one and five jack's three and three dimitri five and one i just want to see that pirate logo on the graphic that you're going to make give me east carolina yeah give me east carolina on the road. Just so the you know, pirates. just so you know, Friday night at the Bosch, Saturday in Fayetteville, neutral site, Sunday in Clark LeClaire. Oh, that makes okay. I love East Carolina. Was that a, was, yeah. I thought it was no. at UNC. No. Oh, then I love East Carolina. Give me the Pirates. Throw that Pirate logo on the graphic under my name. Give me a win, boys. That's a, wait, that's a, maybe, maybe that's a bad college baseball fan on my end. Do they do this every year? I guess so. I don't know. What do they do? What every year? They do the home neutral and the home. Yeah, they're, they're doing the uh, the South thing, Carolina Clemson. Same thing, Clemson, South Carolina. Well, well, to my point, the Clemson Carolina thing was a huge deal for me growing up, where they'd play one in Clemson, one in Carolina, and then they used to play it down here in Charleston at Joe Riley Park. Now they switch between Greenville. Greenville. But. Wouldn't you be like super slighted if you were Duke? If like North Carolina, I mean, I guess it's an ACC matchup and it's it it doesn't break conference conference ties, I guess. But like, wouldn't you want like your main rival to do that? Yeah, I mean, they're ACC rivals. They can't they can't play each other. Yeah. The only other team that they could even consider would be a North Carolina South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And they always play that game at uh in Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. That which is always really but fun. If, imagine okay, just, imagine a Carolina versus South Carolina 
Let me, let me hold on, hold on. Let me say it again. Carolina versus South Carolina playing a Charlotte weekend series every year. Once again, Carolina versus South Carolina. Winner gets to be the real Carolina. No, no, no. no yeah, we did that last year. I remember now in South Carolina. Yeah, won, we, we and yeah. They were playing for the right to be called Carolina. So you're a fraud, Dimitri. I'm not a fraud. That was your rule. That wasn't my rule. I, I think it was your rule. I don't think I came up with that. I didn't. I did not come up with that because Carolina is Carolina. It must have been the intern. I don't think I would have thought of that. Was that when we first hired Jack? Maybe it was Jack. Can we blame it on Mason since he's already gone? Yeah, let's make, let's blame it on Mason. Always down to blame. Right, stuff yeah, Mason. Mason. What the hell, man? <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, you guys want to do your survivor pick and then we can hop off. Well, Absolutely. I'm out of the survivor, so I'm done. Yeah, I'm out of the survivor too. I had who who did I have? You that's Santa Barbara. You have Santa Barbara with me. Even though I think on the podcast I did say Louisiana, but I think I submitted Santa Barbara. You uh remember because we all went raging Cajuns across the board, and I said that's my that's my survivor, and you're like, I'm too scared to do it with you because we've taken too many picks. That's together. true. That's true. Yeah. All right, Jack, you're still in it, right? Young Buck, you Young with? Blood. It's the Houston Cougars for the age. For the age. It was never a doubt. That's going to be slight work. It really is. It's going to be a walk in the park. Now, do they look forward to next week and get tripped up? Clip it. It's a walk in the park. It's a sweep. Love that. If I had to make a pick, I would say uh, my survivor would probably be Houston as well. Um. <laughs> My survivor would be Cal. Oh, I like that one too. We are anti-UConn. But Houston is a very savvy, safe play. It feels safe. It feels like I, I really – to Ben's point too, and I, and I don't know this team as well as probably Ben does, but um, it, the thump looked real. And I, I buy into like the big 30-run wins because – like it really is offense is so contagious, but they used to be a team where it felt like every year they were making noise in a regional and they were frisky. So if they can return that prominence on the mound um, with some of the pieces they they added, Trey Jones is a name that you're going to want to remember. He he hit 330 last year. He had nine homers. I think that he can do that again. I, I'm sure Big 12 pitching will be tough for the boy, but if you remember, he was the dude that played the electric guitar on senior day uh, for the national anthem. Oh, that was him. Uh, and, oh. Trey Jones, Andy fucking Riggs. I'm just, he's the he's the guy. I'm telling you. All right, I'm writing that name down for you. Boom. And we'll clip that. The walk in the park. We'll clip it. Make sure people know once once St. John wins the series somehow <laughs> that it's all Jack's fault. Anyways, sorry. Guys. All right, that wraps up the show. There, y'all go follow us on uh, subscribe on YouTube. We're we're getting a lot of subscribers pretty quickly. That's been fun to follow. Uh, we're going to try to do more stuff, including live shows where you guys can chat and uh, send us questions, blah, blah, blah. Check out our website. We got a live RPI, so you can check out up to date where your team is and the RPI. I know it doesn't mean anything right now, but it will start in a few weeks. And uh, anything else, boys? Shop at Homefield, 15% off, promo code CWS24. Get yourself something nice. Treat yourself. I've got one more thing. 
Opening weekend, it can get stressful. You're trying to keep up with all of your homework and see who's winning ball games. Dimitri created a badass website, dude. The scoreboard was sick this weekend. Uh, I don't. We no don't scoreboard. go scoreboard. No scoreboard. It didn't. It didn't make the schedules. No, the schedules. Oh, the schedules. The schedules. Yes, we do. Like I know. I, I was like doing all Friday starters were awesome, but like to go and look and see where teams were playing because I had no idea. It was sick. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, each team has their own web. Uh, sorry, each team has their own team page yeah. with the schedule top prospects team stats it's fun so y'all go check it out 11.7.com yeah but yeah. all right we're done see everybody